0: y'all doing this morning? Awesome. Hey, can you help me give a warm welcome to our online family too? So excited that you're with us. Excited to share with you this morning. So I want to start with a test or not a test. I want to start with a question. (coughs) Have you ever failed a test? Yeah, a lot of you are shaking your head. Now I'm not talking about a classroom test or like a driving test. Okay, those are kind of terrible when you fail those, but I'm talking a different type of test, like a life test, you know, one that maybe challenges your morals or your character or what you believe. I actually want to start off with a clip this morning from the movie Courageous. Now, in this clip, the character Javier is faced with a really challenging test because he has this chance to advance in his company but it means that he has to sacrifice what he believes. Let's watch.
1: Mr. Martinez, have a seat. Thank you, sir. You've been am very productive your first month here. You do good work.
0: I'm very grateful to be here.
1: Well, Mr. Martinez, the reason I called you in here is that I'm looking for an additional manager to oversee inventory and shipping. carries more responsibility, but it pays more. Sound like something you might be interested in? Yes, I would. But before I make my final decision, I'd like for you to work a shift in that department next week. You'll see a list of 17 crates coming in on this sheet. One of those crates will be going to a separate warehouse. Mr. Martinez, when you report the inventory, I'd like for you to report... We received 16 crates.
0: 17 are coming in. But you want me to write down 16?
1: Yes, that's right. I have another purpose for the extra crate. You are on my team, right? Because I really can't use people who aren't on my team. Tell you what. You think about it tonight and give me your answer in the morning. Make it 10 o'clock. But I'll need to know if you really want this job.
0: Good evening, sir. Javi, we need this job. For the first time in a year, we're able to pay the bills. I know, Carmen, but he made it very clear. If I was not a team player, he did not want me there. Maybe it's not wrong. It just looks that way. He's the owner of the factory. He asked me to write down false information, Carmen. He asked me to lie. I don't want us to go back. So have you ever experienced a test like that? You know, Javier is facing a a real dilemma. You know, a kind of dilemma that we face all the time. Like, are are we actually gonna go our way? You know, the world's way, or are we gonna go God's way? You know, when I'm given the option to advance, say maybe get get a promotion, Am I going to be honest with my skills and abilities, or or, or am I going to just maybe make myself look a little better, right? Let let me give you maybe a smaller example. You know, when we get overcharged, you know, we're all pretty quick to be like, hey, hey, (laughs) you overcharged me. Can you fix that, right? We're pretty quick with that. But what about when you get undercharged? Do we have the same passion, right? I mean... Now, there have been times that I've been undercharged. and I'm like, hey, I I think I was supposed to pay more for this. But I would say many times, I just kind of let it slide. I'm just like, well, it was their mistake, right? I mean, seriously. The the reality is, we're going to face tests like this all the time. And some tests are really big, and, and some are small. But whatever the tests, like, they're many times confusing and discouraging. And sometimes we start considering to do it. The world's way. Listen to how John writes about this. He says, Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. Like John makes it really clear that we are presented with worldly options all the time. You know, ways to get our physical needs met, uh, ways to advance or, or, or have more. Like the, these options are like everywhere. And the question is in that test or that temptation, what are we going to choose? Our way or God's way? See, over the next four weeks, we're actually going to go on a journey together. It's going to be a good one. And it's a series we're calling Tested. And specifically, we want to look at the kinds of tests that come like temptations from the enemy himself, Satan. Because he's actually the original tempter. He's the one behind all these temptations that are continually testing the fence of your lives. You know, I love this scene from Jurassic Park. Any Jurassic Park, Jurassic World fans, right? Okay, so there's this one scene in the original movie that, that I love. It's a, when the ranger talks about the velociraptor, he's like, you know, they're smart. They're always testing the fence and they're, they're They never test the same part of the fence twice. Cause they're looking for weaknesses and they remember. And I always thought, you know what? That is just like the enemy. Isn't it? You know, always bringing up our past, always trying to come at us with different kind of angles and tests or always trying to offer different opportunities to to get our needs met, right? And and many times the testing starts to work a little bit. We start to question God or doubt God. and, And sometimes the pressure is so much, we actually start to do it the world's way. So what do we do about that? What do we do when we find ourselves in like a wilderness where we're weak and we're weary or there's like all this pressure and it's like, The the test on the fence is is just giving in. Well, I just am here to tell you, I have all the answers. No, I don't. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But I do have a great starting place. I have a great starting place. So I'm just going to pray and then we'll dive right in. So Holy Spirit, we just welcome you here. We welcome you, Lord, that you are actually the teacher and the guide, that you actually do have all the answers, (laughs) Lord, and so we just ask you to come and fill us and uh, remove the distractions in our life right now that we could really hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've all experienced testing and temptations in our life. And you know, tests, tests like this can be really confusing, discouraging. It, it kind of feels like you're failing at life, right? But see, there's something I want to answer today, why are we tested? And more importantly, how do we overcome it? And so to answer that, we're actually gonna look at Jesus's life. Now, now, there's something I want to say up front with all of this. Jesus is amazing. And Jesus has actually defeated the enemy. He has been victorious. He is only good. There is no darkness in him at all. Okay, there is no darkness in Jesus. And he knows exactly how to help us. See, this is is really key for us to understand. You know why? Because he's actually gone through some of the same things, actually all of the same things. See, Hebrews 4 has a very powerful statement. It says that Jesus was tempted in every way that we are, and yet he did not sin. That's right there. See, every single way that you've been tempted, every single way that you've been tested, he's also experienced. So what does that mean? See, Jesus understands what you're going through. He understands the weakness, but you know what? It's not just that. He actually knows how to overcome, right? They know. You hear that? (laughs) Jesus is amazing, right? And throughout this series, we're actually going to look at a really important passage, the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, now, when all of this started, this is right, you know, Jesus had this amazing moment just before he goes into the wilderness. And, you know, he gets baptized. The, the, the Holy Spirit comes down. It's like, it, it looks like a dove. Like, they hear this amazing voice from heaven. This is my son, whom I love. With him, I'm well pleased. It's like a, a pretty monumental moment. And then right after that, I always thought this was strange. I'm like, what is going on here? Why would you do this, Holy Spirit? Uh, let's read in Luke 4. From the moment of his baptism, Jesus overflowed with the Holy Spirit. He was taken by the Spirit from the Jordan into the wilderness of Judea to experience for 40 days the ordeal of testing by the accuser. Man, he ate no food during this time and ended his 40-day fast very hungry. It was then that the devil said to him, If you are really the Son of God, command this stone to turn into a loaf of bread for you. Jesus replied, I will not, for it is written in the scriptures, life does not come only from eating bread, but from God. Now, there's a lot in here, but the first thing we see that he does after being baptized, overflowing with the Holy Spirit, it says the Spirit then led him into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. But, but I first want to just point out a really huge key. See, before Jesus faced any temptation... He was overflowing with the Spirit. See, before we face any kind of temptation, we need to be overflowing with the Spirit. Like the word that, that Luke uses here, overflowing, it means covered in every part, thoroughly permeated with, uh, complete, lacking nothing, perfect. It means full. You know, people are full of a lot of things, Right? <laughs> What are you full of? Is it the Spirit? Are we overflowing? I love how Julie put this in our last series. Are we settled or are we stirred up? You know, when you receive Jesus, you receive his Spirit. But are we stirred? Are we putting ourselves in places to be continually stirred by the Spirit? See, this was Jesus' starting place. Overflowing with the presence of God. Then the Spirit led him to be tested by the accuser. Some translations say, to be tempted by the devil. Testing, tempting, it's it's the same word in the Greek, and so we're going to use it there. But why would the Spirit do this? Well, the short answer is, we are in a war, and our enemy fights just like what his name means. You know, this translation uses the accuser, but he has lots of names. Deceiver, accuser, the father of lies. That's a big one. The author of sickness. And here, Luke is actually using the word diabolos, translated devil. But this is what that means. Slanderer, false accuser, author of evils. But look look at what else it means. One who entices man away from God, enslaves men to sin. One who afflicts man with diseases. See, we have a, a real enemy. He is utterly depraved. And this is what he does. This is right from John 10, 10. All he wants to do in your life is steal, kill, and destroy everything in your life, everything about your life. Now, the devil is a kind of a hot topic in our culture because, you know, a lot of people don't believe he's even real. But I'm here to say he is very real. He was actually an angel named Lucifer, and he was actually the worship leader in heaven. He he was in charge of all the worship, but he got so enamored with this, he wanted all the worship to start to come to himself. He wanted to be in charge and control. He wanted God and all the angels to worship him. And so he led a third of the angels in heaven in this huge rebellion against God. And so God had no choice but to cast him down to hell, cast him down to the earth. And ever since, his main goal is to lie, to cheat, to pull everyone he can away from God. To rebel and to sin because, you know, we are made in God's image. We look like God. And so he wants to say, no, I want you to worship me. I want to pull you away. This this is just what he does. He wants to tempt and test every human being. I want you to think about your life for a moment. Where are you being tested? You know, maybe it's one of those temptations, one of the main ones, like craving what, what we see. You know, like, you know, crave when you see like the greener grass. You know, my neighbor, he has such green grass. I mean, really. Like, how is his grass so green? Right? But, but we, we want what other people have. Or, or maybe it's like you're completely overwhelmed. Like, you're, you're starting to find comfort and peace in something else, like food or, or, or shopping. I think they call that retail therapy right? Yeah. Or, or alcohol. You know, there's nothing wrong with those things, but when we start to find comfort in them, it sends send us down the wrong way. You know, maybe it's that person that you kind of think is your enemy. You know, they can't say a nice thing about you. Like, they, they constantly criticize or demean you. See, the author behind these kinds of things, his name is Satan. He's our true enemy. See, he's the author. And see, many times we think our enemy is that person in front of us. Like, you know, maybe they just gossiped about you, or maybe they just flipped you off or cursed you out. I mean, that just happened a couple weeks ago for me. That was great. (laughs) And I'm not saying that's okay, you know, because, you know, you, you think, oh, I was just, you know, oh, the devil made me do it. You know, that's why I just slapped you in the face. No, that's not Okay right? It's not okay for us. You know, let's just face it. Sometimes we just don't act like Jesus. Okay. And if we're not acting like Jesus, who are we acting like? Well, you know, see, what I'm saying is when these kind of works happen, when people start doing these things, when we do these things, we're actually coming into agreement with our real enemy, the devil. I remember a few years back someone asked to meet with me who used to be on my team. And when they met with me, they, they began to apologize for, uh, when they were here, they, they were gossiping about me. They were undermining me. They were, you know, complaining about me to everyone. And now I knew something was a little off, but I did not know the extent of it. So I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> you know, what, what this was, was a, a test of pride. You know, when our opinion gets elevated about what, what others think, or when our opinion's elevated about what God thinks, when we complain, you know, that's what that is, that, that's pride. You know, and I'm not saying I did everything right. I had a lot of areas to grow. But instead of coming to me directly, he took the bait of the enemy and started acting like him. He started to gossip and to slander. And so he was like, you know, I, I realized you're, you're actually not like it, any of those things I was saying. And I was believing lies that were just not true about you. And I just want to say uh, I'm, I'm really sorry about that. And initially, I was kind of like, um, thank you? <laughs> I mean, I, you don't know really how to respond exactly in this situation. But, you know, it, it was great. I extended forgiveness and all that. But what I realized is that that person in front of me is not my enemy. He's just acting like him, Right? And what he was doing was repenting. What was he repenting from? Thinking like the enemy thinks, acting like the enemy acts. He was aligning with what the devil thought. And when he realized it, he just turned away. See, we are in a war. We're we're actually in a battle. There are two kingdoms clashing, but here's the way you may not have thought of it. See, there's a battle for whose will you're going to align with, God's or the accusers. See, when Jesus came on the scene, he had one main message, right? And you've you've heard this verse before, but you might not have thought of that in this context, right? He said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Now, the kingdom of God is the, the rule in the reign of God. But what it means is now we have available wholeness, freedom, deliverance, but it's also things like peace and joy and kindness. Like those are now Broken into our earth, they they are close enough to touch, is what that means. But, so what did Jesus say? He says, repent. Turn away from the things of this world. Turn away from the evil world, the the things that are just going to lead you to death, and do it unto something. To turn to what? You know, repenting, it's not this crazy religious word. It actually means change your mind. That's leading you to death. Why would you want to go there? So he says, Repent unto something to believe the gospel, which means good news. Believe that that the real kingdom, the righteous kingdom, the awesome kingdom is here now, and it's within your reach. See, you know that little meeting I was having? That was actually a kingdom battle. Like where the enemy had taken territory, now the kingdom of God reclaimed that territory, right? And we think that's a a small little thing, but that's actually the kingdom battle that uh, advances the kingdom of God. See, what happened in that man's life after that is the influence of the enemy greatly diminished. He started to thrive with God, right? That That was a win. But see, we have to remember that we are in a war, but... The war is not with that person in front of you. I love how Paul talks about this to the Ephesians. You know, he says, Ephesians 6, this is kind of a famous verse. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We're not fighting against your boss. We're not fighting against that politician or the president on TV that we don't like, right? It's not a flesh and blood enemy. Okay, uh, can, can I get an amen? Okay. It's not against, even though they may have done something really bad, it's not against them. But it's against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Church, we need to get this. We need to understand this. Do you know this is why Jesus says we can love our enemies? Because they're not the real enemy. They're not the real enemy. See, Jesus came to deal with our real enemy. And it confused the disciples. I love how clearly John states this. He says, the reason the Son of God appeared is to what? To destroy the works of the devil. Like, this is why he came. This is actually why he was tested in the wilderness, Because he he came to declare war on the devil and all of his works. But see, that's not the only reason he came. See, the reason he came, the reason he was tested was so that we could triumph. See, what Jesus was actually modeling for us in that desert was not just an example for us, it was an example of us. So, hear me out. See, in this temptation, Jesus is actually not operating as God. He's operating as a man surrendered to God and filled with the Spirit. Now, I just want to be clear. This is a foundation of the faith. Jesus is 100% God, and he's 100% man. Now, I know that's 200%, so, so that doesn't, there's some mystery there, right? But, but what the scriptures say is that he laid down his divine rights as God, and he operated humbly as a man filled with the Spirit, right? This is a key that, that we need to really understand. This is actually why Jesus came the way he did. He came to show us who we can be, who we can be, right? To show us what's possible with a man or a woman that's surrendered to God and filled with the Spirit. I love how John says it this way. He says it really simple. As He is, so are we in this world. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. It means anything He can do, we can do, because we are filled with His Spirit. I want you to get this. Like, any temptation that He faced, we can face. Anything that Jesus overcame, we can overcome. Now, the, there's a truth here that the enemy doesn't want you to know. I think even right now, there's some of you going, is that true? You know, we're thinking, see, because the enemy knows if you start to believe this truth, he's actually lost his last weapon against you, his influence. If you start to believe this, you know, we often say this phrase here. That, that's really important. The enemy is defeated, but he's not departed. Now, now I want you Uh, to share what that means. You know, what that means is like on the cross, Jesus took all of our sin. Now I want you to think about your biggest sin and tell your neighbor. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Don't do that. No, but seriously, all of our sin, our shame, our sickness, he actually took it upon his body. On the cross, it was nailed there. And you know what happened to it? It died with him. On the cross. You know, that's actually why Jesus can live in us. Why we can be a home for the Holy Spirit. That's what that did. But it did something else really important. See, the author of those things that died on the cross, Satan. He was also stripped of his authority. He was stripped. He was disarmed. Listen to what Colossians say. In this way... He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly. Oh, I love that. He shamed them. You are shamed, boy. Doesn't that feel good? Just you? uh... (laughs) He shamed them publicly, though, by his victory over them on the cross. So it means that Satan has been stripped of his authority, but not of his influence. See, he's lost most of his weapons, but he hasn't lost his words. And one of the main ways that he can get something done on this earth is through one of us. And that is a sobering thought when you think about it. See, when we come into agreement, when we begin to think like he does, act like he does, he's able to actually wreak havoc on the world. And we see something, his tactics with Jesus' temptation. See, the enemy's tactics are twofold, weakness and doubt. See, this is actually why the Spirit led Jesus to fast. This is why he led him to fast. See, Jesus is tired. He's exhausted. He's starving. He hasn't eaten. I I can't even imagine not eating for 40 days. Some of you have done that. He's weak. He's weary. And the verse says, it was then that he began to tempt him. It was then in that state. You know, there's, there's probably not have been a time where the world has been more weak and weary collectively. You know, I, I've read some articles. I've talked to some, some people in wars, and they're like, actually, this is way worse. This is way more trauma. I was listening to this podcast uh, with a famous author, John Eldridge, and he was mentioning the amount of stress and trauma that we've had for the last two years is our favorite word, unprecedented. How many times have you heard the word unprecedented? I mean, in the last two years, seriously. But, but really, you know, we, we don't even want to talk about it, right? You know, most of us don't even realize we're in this state of trauma. And, and here you are, you're going, Daniel, please don't talk about the pandemic. Please don't talk about it again. See, we don't realize what we're even in this state, but we see the fruit of it everywhere. You know, airline flights is a, is a really great example. You know, before COVID... There was like 10 altercations a month in all the airlines put together. 10, you know, so that's like 100 a year, altercations, like fights or whatever. You know how many were the, there were last year? Over 500. Some of them so severe that international flights had to turn around and let some people off. I mean, people are on edge, right? They're, they're weary, they're, they're full of trauma, and they don't even know it. And see, it's in these places when we're weak and we're weary, when we're already on reserves, where the enemy attacks the most. But I want you to hear something. See, here's what's powerful about what Jesus modeled for us. Even in his weakness, he won. He was tempted in every way, but he did not sin. Every way that you were tempted, he did not sin. It's the kind of war that the world doesn't even know what to do with. Because in our weakness, we can win. This is why Paul writes, in my weakness, he is strong. So we know why we're tempted, but what are we going to do about it? Thankfully, we, we actually have some amazing weapons. We, we have some amazing weapons for the spiritual warfare. And three of them we're actually going to talk about in this series. The word, worship, worship and waiting. Like, the, the, these things that we crave, the lust of pleasure, the, the, the lust, you know, the pleasure of our bodies, or the things that we see, all those things are actually answered by those three things. And for me, it actually started with the Word. You know, the Word of God is actually called the sword of the Spirit. Isn't that amazing? You know, I kind of always had this picture of like He-Man or She-Ra or something like that. Or, you know, uh, what's that? I forget what that TV show is. Uh, you know, it, it, the, the, the word of God is a powerful weapon. Now, we're going to dig into this more next week. But when I read a verse, the first verse that actually ever spoke to me was when I was dealing with intense temptation in my life. And when I read this verse, I didn't want to read the Bible before, but when I started, when I read this verse, it was kind of like, oh my gosh, the Lord knows. He knows what I need. It was like this hope released in my life. I want to read this because I actually think it's going to help some of you today, right when you're going through. First Corinthians 10:13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, hear it. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape so that you're able to endure it. See, some of you know a little bit of my story, but I was very influenced by the enemy before Jesus started breaking in. I I would party, do drugs, get drunk. I, I had a pretty severe pornography addiction, and you know what? It was actually pretty normal with everyone around me. Like in college life, it was, it was like normal. Nothing I was struggling with, everybody was in this place. It was kind of it, it, very common to man, just like the verse says. But see, the problem was I was miserable. I was empty. I, I, I felt lost. I was, I was trying to fill this emptiness, this hole in my heart. I was trying to find comfort and peace, and none of it was working. Maybe some of you can relate to that. You know, I know we're in a really hard time. Some of you know you are. Some of you might not admit it. <laughs> you know, I can be that way, a little stubborn. Maybe you can relate to, you're trying to find these outside things to fill this hurt, this empty. And, you know, I knew these things were not really helping me. You know, the next day, you're just like, what was I doing? I, I don't feel I don't feel full. And you know, I have a pretty strong willpower. And for a while that would work. But then when life got intense and I was at my lowest, these temptations would just overtake me. Just like this verse says. See, when we, what we lack with God, we substitute with addictions. What we lack with God, we substitute with addictions. So when I read this verse, I was like, this is me. This is exactly what I need. Like, I need God's help, his power. Like, there's a lot of promise and truth in it. What is that promise? I want you to hear this. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. He will always give you the way of escape. This is hard for some of us to believe. When I started to read this, it started to transform my life. But here's the key to this verse. Who is faithful? Who is faithful? Oh, I heard it. Who is faithful? Who is faithful? All right, we're getting it. God is faithful. He's the one. I mean, I could like cry about it. He is faithful. Jesus is the faithful one. And let me just say, if he can do it, you can do it. He is that faithful. He has that much power, that much promise. And when I started to seek him and read this word, I started to say things like, um, Jesus, this feels way beyond my ability right now. Um, that's not what your promise says, right? Like, where is the way of escape? I started to call him to it. The whole God accountable to his word. I did. You can have a conversation like that, right? It's real. You know, I saw breakthrough after breakthrough uh, to the amazing point that that pornography addiction has, has been broken for almost 20 years. Now, I want to say that's power, but that's also promise. Like the, the word is an amazing weapon. You know, just this week, you know, I was feeling kind of really sick at the beginning of the week. Katie was out of town. I have two littles, and they're just like, dad, da, 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 And I was like, ah. And this first thought that came out of my head was like, man, I just need a drink. And I was like, Holy Spirit was like, bing, 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 bing. Oh, where? That, wow, that was like, that was real. And I was like, no, I don't need a drink. That's not going to help me. It, again, hear me. I'm not against drinking. I have a drink. It, it, it's fine. But when I have a drink for that reason, that's not right. Don't get drunk with wine. Be filled with the Spirit. Oh, man, the Word is so powerful. That's, and I was like, fill me, Holy Spirit, help. Katie, come back, you know. Whew. You know, I want to say, I know some of you are in a hard place right now. And when you really think about it, when you're alone, you're in this place. You feel weak, weary, overwhelmed. Maybe you're giving into anger and you're blowing up or you're giving into lust or you're finding a comfort in in something else. You know what the enemy wants to do? He wants you to look at your failure. All he wants you to see is your failure. But God wants you to see his faithfulness, right? His, His faithfulness. See, God is the one that's faithful. It's Jesus. Jesus is the one. Now, at the the beginning of this, I I showed a clip from Javier that was facing a huge test. Now, these are tests, you know, little, big. We face them all the time. But he had this huge challenge in front of him to move away from God's way so that he could make more money. I want us to watch what he decides. Good morning, sir. Good Morning, Mr.
1: Martinez. How are you this morning?
0: Fine, thank you. How are you?
1: I don't know yet. Please, have a seat. I trust you've had time to think about our conversation yesterday.
0: Yes, sir, I did.
1: And what did you decide? Are you on my team?
0: Mr. Tyson, I am very grateful to have a job here. I cannot do as you have asked. And why is that? Because it is wrong, sir. It would be dishonoring to my God and my family to lie on that report.
1: Do you understand what this may do to your job here? Yes, sir, I do. Javier, may I shake your hand? Young man, you just gave me the right answer. I've been looking for someone to manage inventory and shipping and quite frankly, you were the last person on my list. But I need somebody I can trust. Will you take the job? We'll adjust your pay.
0: I would be honored to, sir.
1: Good, then the job is yours. Now Walter will go over all the specifics with you and I'll make the announcement to the staff on Monday. Congratulations, Javier. Oh, and Javier, thanks for your integrity.
0: It's rare. Isn't that good? I mean, doesn't that make something rise up in you? Like, you know, there, there's this lie in our culture that say good guys finish last. That is a lie from the pit of hell. It is. Good guys do not finish last. Like when we actually follow God's way, when we say, you know what? This feels so tempting to go this way. This feels so tempting to give in to this pleasure. But if I choose God's way, I'm going to finish on top. I am going to, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? Okay. There is a way of escape. There is, there, there is an ability to endure it. He's not going to lead you beyond your ability. And some of us feel this way. I want you to stand right now and I want to pray over you because I believe God is meeting some of you in a really special way today where this addiction or where this thing has gripped your life and you can't find your way out of a cycle. Jesus is faithful. He has power and promise. And so Lord, right now, I just pray as we begin to enter into to worship, Lord, I just thank you that you're gonna meet us right where we're at. Lord, you're not a, ashamed of us. You're, you're not abandoning us. Actually, you're moving closer. You're moving closer to us right now. And, and Jesus, I, I just thank you that as we fix our eyes on you and we begin to worship, which is actually an amazing weapon of warfare, We begin to worship, Lord. I thank you, like, right now, breakthrough, and I, I just even see chains falling off. And so we bless you right now. We bless your name. Let us worship in spirit and in truth. Amen.